2: Number one for the one and only Bitter and come join us D D N V R we are D N V
1: R we are D N V R we are live from studio A here at the D N V R bar and today the A stands for um actually a position of need
3: question mark <laughs> Whoa, that was a struggle I, City. <laughs> struggle, but I think
1: it works I think it works I got it out
3: I don't know if that was a statement or if it was a question
1: it was a question okay it was a question it's like when Ron Burgundy is just reading the teleprompter and they <laughs> put right, question marks at the right, end of everything yeah. I, I squeezed that question mark in at the end because today we're going to talk about Greg Dulcich and if he was drafted at a position of need but not for depth but for a starter, mm. we'll get to that in just a second. But first, a shout out to MSU Denver Online, the presenting sponsor of this show, and also DraftKings, yes. the presenting sponsor <laughs> of this show. So shout out DraftKings Sportsbook, where you can bet five to win 150 Woo. uh just on right any away. NBA money line. And you don't even have to win. Yep. Which is like maybe even too easy for my taste.
3: Oh, mm-hmm. so you would pass that up?
1: Well, I'm just saying, like, Maybe we shouldn't do participation trophies, oh, but DraftKings wow. saying, "Hey, you know what? You you come over here, you play some DraftKings, you'll get a participation trophy." And while maybe I'm too much of a hard ass, you know they they're nicer than me. Yeah. So there you go. They're hit up, up free money. Hit up DraftKings Sportsbook uh, and get that five to win 150. You can also get a sign up bonus up to a thousand dollars when you use the code DNVR. So check them out over at DraftKings Sportsbook. All right, Greg Dulcich, T E one. Mm. week one mm. that is the question and i wonder if we're all gonna be on the same page here i guess i'll start with mace mace T E one week one no ah eventually
0: okay. yes not week one maybe not this year
1: maybe not Ooh, this year okay that's wow. i like that i like that because that's where i would definitely disagree he's got to bulk up i don't yeah, i don't disagree with that
0: yeah he's got he's probably he's got to add probably uh Eight to ten pounds in the weight room, while not losing what speed he has. That's all. If he, that's, if he can do that, and look, he's a willing blocker, but and that was on that's on the film at UCLA. But willing and being two forty three as an inline tight end that doesn't go hand in hand. Right. He's going to have to add, add a little more bulk, have a little more, have, work on his technique a little bit. That's why. That's going to determine when he becomes tight end one. He'll play. He'll get. He'll get some reps. But until he can be that all round guy, he's going to be situational.
3: Well, and we have a comment coming in from Nathan Lee. It says a whole hmm. podcast to say what Mace just said. No, and I uh, couldn't disagree with that more. Well, I think. I think this is a yes. He hmm. is the week one starter.
1: Also, just so you know, this isn't the only thing we're going to talk about on the whole podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
3: But the reason is why it's yes isn't necessarily because because of what Greg Dulcich brings. It's because of what the other guys don't bring. Look, there's now three big guys in terms of the, the starting three who could start for the Broncos. It's Greg Dulcich, it's Eric Tomlinson, and it's Albert Okuwebunam. And Eric Tomlinson is as much of a blocking tight end as you can get. Last year, he had one catch, a single catch for seven yards. (laughs) He didn't even get a first down with that catch if it was a first and 10 situation there. No touchdowns. In fact, in his career, he has one touchdown, one receiving touchdown. In fact, in his entire career, which is nearly 10 years long, he has eight 15 catches. Yeah, that is pretty much less than half of what Albert O had just last year. So now we flip to Albert O. Okay, Albert O last year was way more productive than Aaron Tomlinson. Albert O 33 catches for 330 yards. I really like the prospect of Alberto. I do not think the Denver Broncos and this new coaching staff like him much at all. And I hope that he can change their mind. I hope that they're willing to, to see what he can become, what weapon he can be. And I think they are because they view him right now as pretty much a wide receiver in a tight end's body. And that's, that's fine and great uh, in, in their mind, but they're not going to treat him like a full tight end right now. And I think that's exactly why they went out and got Greg Dolcich is to be more of an all-around tight end, be more of a guy where when he's on the field, he's not tipping their hand. So I don't think this is about Greg Dolcich being a finished product and being that guy, and I agree with Mace that he needs to to get bigger and, and work on his blocking, but right now, you look at these guys, one is a complete blocker, the uh, only a blocker, the other guy is a complete receiver and only a receiver, and Greg Dolcich is somewhere in the middle, and I think that's why he's going to be the starter.
1: Yeah, I i'm sad because i thought i had an original point and you took it um but i was gonna say i think this this, this staff doesn't necessarily love alberto and so while alberto is everyone's favorite maybe tight end on the roster except for you know the the big Dulcich, Dulcich stands that's a mouthful. it's tough uh, there,
0: there are Dulcich stands out there. oh yeah i mean look at the hair how could he not <laughs> yeah. have stands uh, and uh, the mustache i'm more and a fan the confidence. Of the mustache.
1: yep yep um they're they're out there the uh the Dulcich stands um but everyone loves Alberto you know everyone thinks that he has a lot of potential he obviously does he's huge and he's fast and that's what's you know fan at least from a fan perspective that's what people love
0: problem is he let the stuff the thing that he's supposed to be really good at catching the ball he struggled at
1: yeah for sure
0: Let's balls go through his hands
1: and the only time he really got looked at was when drew lock was out there because those two you know went way back so
0: well Teddy gave him some shots too. He did he, no, I, think, I'm not I, I wonder not. if Teddy lost confidence in him when that, that ball in the Baltimore game did go through his hands.
1: It's very possible yeah um, but I'll, I'll end somewhere in the middle here because I I do not want to let go of what I know about tight end, which is it may be the hardest position in football, maybe other than quarterback. To come in and start right away, and even then, quarterbacks we've seen a lot uh, who come in and start right away and succeed. Tight ends, it's very rare. Mm -hmm. I mean, remember, you know, T.J. Hawkinson. He was considered to be the most pro-ready prospect when he came out in that draft. Well, he didn't have a great rookie season. He got hurt though. That's true. Uh, Noah. He had a really
0: good first game.
1: Yes, he did. I remember it was like 100 and something yards. Um, Noah Fant was not ready to go when he was a rookie. Um, and he ended up, I think, having the best season out of those rookies. Yep. Um, they shoved so, him out
0: there anyway. Yes,
1: exactly. I mean, it is very difficult. But they were
0: asking him to do things that he couldn't do, like his second or his second game. You're asking him to go one-on-one on the edge with Cleo Mack? What are you doing, Rich?
1: For sure. But if you're going to be on the field, you're going to probably have to take some tough matchups. And so, again, I, I have to keep that in mind at all times is – You got to basically learn how to be an NFL offensive lineman and an NFL wide receiver in the time that usually you only have to learn one position. So I don't know about week one. In fact, I could actually see Eric Tomlinson being TE one (laughs) week one just because he's the most ready. You know, they'll just say, Hey, we got plenty of wide receivers. We don't need Mm. to throw it to him. We need someone who can block for us on outside zone runs. So that wouldn't shock me. How about if
0: they come out in an I formation? In week one, and you have not only have Tom Woodson as your tight end, but you have Andrew Beck as your fullback.
1: And maybe Dulcich on the other side. And then you <laughs> hand the ball
3: off ten straight times to start Russell Wilson's tenure in yeah, Denver. He's taking a <laughs>
1: shot on the first play. <laughs> yep, he is. Um so, anyways, I'm I'm somewhere in between, but I completely agree with the fact that This was He was drafted to be better than Alberto Mm -hmm. and more integral to this offense than Alberto. Mm -hmm. I am with you that I don't think this staff necessarily sees it for him, especially because I just think they don't think he can ever block.
3: Yeah, and and it's a bummer for me because I really like the threat that Alberto brings. And we have a question coming in uh, from Shiloh who says, odds we look to sign someone like Kyle Rudolph or Tyler Croft uh, to bring in additionally in the room. And my my question to that would be one got to go then. Yep. And it's not going to the, be the guy that you just signed if it's a Kyle Rudolph, and so it's clear who that would be. They really like Eric Tomlinson. Nathaniel Hackett loves him as a person. I mean, he's a seventh, you know, or a sixth offensive lineman. Yes, exactly, and and versatile. Uh, and so, no, it wouldn't be uh, Eric Dulcich. It wouldn't be Eric Tomlinson. You'd be letting Alberto go, and to me man, that would be crushing just for the possibility. I, he, he's not Julius Thomas, but he has the potential to be that type of player in terms of just a, an unguardable threat at tight end. I would hate to see that go when he's still very much developing.
0: Well, the other thing is also with those two names, Rudolph and Croft, what are the chances that one of those two is still available at the start of training camp? Very good. I think, that, I think they're going to let this tight end room as it is play out through otas Mm. see where where they are and then if they need something you'll just you'll find someone available on the on the on the market and then go from there
1: what was this what was uh weight 238 243 okay 243 Yeah. (sighs) yeah he's not gonna have fun just at that weight uh, trying to block people.
3: You know what's just so interesting about the Broncos' two first picks? We talked about how this coaching staff really wanted bigger pass rushers. They wanted guys that could also defend the run and and, and bigger bodies because they didn't view Malik Reed as one of those. They draft an undersized uh, outside linebacker, well, a guy who still has 15 pounds on Malik Reed, so certainly he's more in the middle, but not a, a, a huge guy. And then with Eric Tomlinson, they want a blocker, yet he's 15 pounds less than Albert O. Yeah. And, of course, weight doesn't mean everything, but when you look at Eric Tomlinson, he's like 275, yeah, he's, so it's certainly He's literally helps. an offensive lineman. <laughs> yes, exactly. I mean— 20 years ago, he was an offensive tackle.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, you, you might even be able to make the case that he could play offensive tackle for some <laughs> yeah. schemes in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, maybe even this one. Uh, but, obviously, you know, that's not what he was brought here to do. I just think – I don't know. I, I, I hate to hold this against Greg Dulcich because he's a third-round NFL draft pick and that's what he should be considered right now. He was also a walk-on at UCLA. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it's not like he's a physical freak – or anything like that, uh, he's not particularly jacked, and, you know, he's kind of a finesse player. That's what he's good at. You know, he said, I'm, I create big plays. That's what I do, and he's he's really, like, smooth in the way that he goes about getting open, <laughs> but you put him against any NFL edge rusher, and I think he's going to have a serious issue.
0: But here's the thing. I think he'll work to get better. No, he will. And that's the that's where the walk-on thing, I think, actually is an advantage, totally. and that's why – I think playing the long game with him, can I see him doing what he needs to do in order to be in every down tight end? Absolutely. And I think that's when George Payton kind of talks about guys who fit the culture, getting people, getting players who are good people on and off the field, getting character guys, uh, part of that character is putting in the work, is knowing that they're going to put in the work and be diligent. and. Do everything they can to maximize who and what they are. It certainly does not hurt that your offensive coordinator is a former tight ends coach as well. Yeah. And Justin Outen.
1: He's gonna love him. Yeah. He Dulcich.
0: seemed really excited. Yeah. yeah. On Saturday when he was talking about Greg Dulcich, and I know, and I think it's a little more than just, oh, I'm introducing this guy because he's an offensive player. I'm the OC. I think Justin. I think Justin Outen really wanted him.
3: Yeah. Well, and the reason that he loves him is yeah. that's his background, yeah. is tight end. So he's pumped that the first offensive player that's taken in the Nathaniel Hackett, uh, Justin Outen, tenure in Denver, was a, was a tight end.
1: Yeah, it was a, I think it was a little uh, bone thrown to Outen, who I I have a feeling just said, like, yeah, is not exactly yeah. my type. Yep, exactly. You're uh, 100% right. And a lot of comments coming in. I just want to, like one person said, yeah. Kyle Pitts is 246 we cannot compare Kyle Pitts and Greg Dulcich. just stand them next to each other and you'll see the difference yes exactly um but like I'm not saying he's tiny by any means it's just his frame combined with his you know him being undersized yeah, yeah. is going to make it very difficult for him for him earlier now yep. would I be surprised if two years from now he's he looks like a you know a statue no no not at all
3: and he's 260 then
1: right and, and maybe that's even too big but 250 252 you know he's put on 10 pounds of muscle he looks like a beast that's mm-hmm. very possible um and then you know we're talking about nick benito being undersized too someone said well von miller came in at you know 245 or whatever um and i think it's a good point now it just it's the it's about skill also not just like you don't just put on 10 pounds and suddenly get better at defending the run you just have to learn how to do it
3: Well also Von Miller came in ten, over 10 years ago to the NFL that's... since then the edge rusher position has changed drastically I mean Bradley Chubb his size is kind of the new size for outside linebackers pass rushers at you know 265 270 pounds that's the the new outside linebacker and Von has incredible skills that make him incredibly unique and one of the things that i like about nick benito is his his just pure speed rush is about as good as it gets in this draft and that's why the broncos there's so much upside with him he just needs to develop the rest of his game because he has first round edge talent just just purely rushing the passer from the speed
1: yeah nick benito has flashes on tape that have Von Miller vibes. I am mm-hmm. not going to compare them by any means. But like even defending the run, he'll do the thing where he fakes outside and then dips inside and goes and makes a tackle on the like. That's that's all Von Miller. You know that was like his signature move against the run. Um, so so did Shane Ray though. Oh, exactly coming out, and we probably. love Shane Ray coming out. Yeah. We love Bradley Chubb coming out. And so, we're talking about all first round picks, by the way, except for Benito. Except for Benito, um, who many people thought should have been a first round pick. So we'll see, um, but. It's interesting, Zach, that you mentioned the size thing because it's ever fluctuating. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's always a counter move. In fact, I think like Javante Williams is a counter move to everyone getting smaller at linebacker. And you see what happens when you try to tackle Javante Williams with these little guys that you have, you know, trying to fly around out there and defend Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert. Um, so
0: you don't even need Javante Williams. Look at uh, look at what Ernest Johnson did to what was left oh. at inside linebacker. So that should it almost be one last a band word on the. like yeah. That was one
1: of the worst things I've ever watched. Just Dearness Johnson, seven yards a pop. That was yeah. painful. Just
0: running over people.
1: Broncos need to stop, need mm-hmm. to get the ball back. Dearness Johnson, Dearness Johnson, Dearness Johnson. Just I down mean, their face. If all it, that down the game field. was off,
3: that was also Vaughn's last game, as a Bronco.
1: If sure a was.
0: three point game could be a blowout, that was it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Really felt <laughs> like it. Um, I, Ryan. So, But I'll just say this i think nick benito is almost more like the new wave of pass rushers that are trying to get smaller because like you're you're facing less teams that want to run and you're facing these quarterbacks who literally just run around back there for like six seconds and like the maybe two of the best are in this division in herbert and mahomes obviously mahomes is the number one he gets back there he flips one way he flips the other way like Bradley Chubb is not chasing that down. Maybe Nick Benito can.
3: Yeah. It's, it's a really good point and you you hope that that's something that this is the new wave and the Broncos are getting on this new wave. And also they have the size on the other side to balance it out. Randy Gregory's massive, Bradley Chubb is massive, and so they complement each other and you can put them in advantageous positions. Yeah, And that's that that that's going to be a, a a huge thing with this with this uh, defense is using the outside linebackers to your strength. But going back to tight end I have a major question about Greg Dolchich and just something isn't adding up. And I got to ask you guys to help me sort that out. But first, I got to tell you about our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook, who are, like you said, Ryan, giving you $150 in free bets when you bet $5 on any NBA game. That's all you have to do. Place a bet. You get $150, and then you can use that sweet money on the Avs playoffs. You can use it anywhere over at DraftKings Sportsbook. And they're also giving customers a same game parlay with three or more legs. You get a free bet back up to $25 if one leg doesn't hit. So just get in, do that. Like I said, every single day they're having offers like this or they're giving you a 50% profit boost, 100% profit boost. It is fantastic. So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR when you sign up to get all of these offers. That's promo code DNVR only. a DraftKings Sportsbook must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling promo Call one 800
1: Game one of the Iowa Stanley Cup run starts tonight cannot wait i'm actually going to the game which means oh. one more open spot for you guys here at the dnvr bar uh and my biggest piece of advice get here early yeah, if you want to yeah. sit during the game which sometimes i don't even want to sit during the game i just yeah. like to stand um, but if you do want to sit if you want to you know have a nice meal all that stuff uh with a place to sit and do it come early games for the love of god come early
3: games 7:30, so right when you're off of work Get here. Do you not can, hesitate. You can even if you get off work here, boom, at there you three go. o'clock, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just come. Just
1: don't even mess with it. Just come, hang out. Maybe you can finish work here. I, actually, there was some people I was sitting by at the Nuggets playoff game the other night. They both had their laptops out right wow. until game time. I'm like, I respect I this. Um, but anyways, come down, hang out. It's gonna be a blast, no matter what. Uh, we want to pack the house. Um, you know, have some beers, have some food, and watch the Avs start this thing off. Cannot wait. And If you're staying home and you're saying, man, I can't watch this game. This is some BS. Well, you got to hit up our friends over at Avaca TV where you can sign up now and get $10 off your first three months, which maybe that doesn't seem like a lot until you find out that it's $25 a month. You're getting an insane discount uh, by getting $10 off. And it's awesome. You can watch the Nuggets. You can watch the Avs. You can watch the Rockies. Um, so check them out over at Ivaca TV. They're solving the problem that many of us have been dealing with yep. for multiple years now, and we thank them for that. We also thank them for their support of this show. So use the code DNVR when you sign up over there. $10 off your first three months. Awesome deal.
3: It's, it's a fantastic deal. And so my question about Greg Dulcich, one of the things that the Broncos talked about, George Payton and Nathaniel Hackett, is that he is this vertical threat. He brings a threat to the defense at a different position outside a wide receiver. Greg Dulcich talks about how he brings that vertical threat as well, how he is fast. He said he has elite speed. So we're hearing all these things about speed, speed. And again, I just keep thinking, isn't that what Alberto is? But anyways, we've kind of talked about that. But then I see his 40 time. Yep. And I see a 4-6-9. To put that in perspective, Albert O ran a 4-4-9. Noah Fant ran a 4 5 40. And both of those guys were top in their class, their specific years. So while Greg Dolce isn't a 5-40-yard dash, he's not like super slow, his speed just simply in this 40 time isn't elite. And it makes me question a little bit, was he just open in this vertical threat going up against the Pac 12 and Ryan, no 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 shame to the Pac 12? But where Hold is this on. disconnect? Did, did he have a little hamstring issue when he ran the forty? Then he shouldn't have ran the forty, but what did what did he trip was something going on where this four six nine isn't the truth? Because if the four six nine is the truth, then it scares me about his ability to to be a deep threat in the NFL.
1: First of all, I would venture to say that it's maybe more difficult to get open in the Pac twelve. Uh, against those linebackers because the Pac-12 is a spread it out, throw it conference. So you're not necessarily trying to get big run thumping linebackers, save for Nant and the hammer shout out. Um, but you know, most teams are, are going with those tiny they might even be using a safety down there. So mm-hmm. um, it's not that I don't think. Okay. I think that it's either if, if Greg Dulcich is going to be right, and he actually has, you know, maybe not elite speed speed, but elite separation ability. It's because the 40 time is overrated and it's mostly about quickness off the line. And so maybe for him, it's more about first step, the way he comes in and out of breaks. He creates a lot of separation that isn't really a speed stat. You know, like if if we're talking Madden here, you could be a 99 speed with a 75 release and you're not mm-hmm. getting open. Mm-hmm. You can also be. An 88 speed with a 99 release and you're open every time.
3: But see, to me, and, and Henry agrees with you here, he says 40 time doesn't matter. I kind of disagree with that a little bit. It shows what your top end speed can be. He says that he has a better 40 time than TJ Hawkinson and plenty of others just behind Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey is not uh, to take the top off a of defense. He, he can, though. He's not... That's not what his game is now. But tight ends
1: he's, shouldn't really be your take a top off a of defense.
3: But that's mm-hmm. what that's what Greg Dolcius is being sold to us as. And and so so that that's my issue. I just don't think that he's going to be this this dangerous vertical threat I think where you find his sweet spot is what is Travis Kelsey he's seven yards and and he just consistent at least when he plays the Broncos it's seven yards seven yards you're like, he's also a freak you freak after he gets the ball why can't his you hands. cover this guy but it's because he has those things you're talking about about that separation yep. about the release he's fantastic at that and I think that's where Greg eventually finds his spot isn't five to seven yards uh it's 10 to 12 yards where he does use some of his speed to get past that first line uh, but he's not he's not going to be tearing defenses up by just running straight past him and I think this is kind of where we find Greg's spot and that's okay because the Broncos have a 4-2-40 guy, potentially, and KJ Hamler. They have guys in, in Tim and in Court that can do jump balls 40 yards down the line of scrimmage. I just think we're being sold Greg Dulcich in a, in a way that I don't think he's going to turn into, but it's not bad.
1: Here's what I'll say is that no one is thinking about, like, tight end running a nine route on the outside and beating a corner. And if you are, you're just thinking about it wrong. Then
3: why do they keep saying vertical threat, vertical okay, threat, vertical top off a of defense?
1: Because... Where he can be really dangerous is in the seam. And I think that's where you get the term vertical threat because he's literally running a vertical but route. But that's,
3: that's the same. I mean, if he's running
1: Hold straight on. up the
3: middle of the field as opposed to straight down the outside of the field, it's that's different still the same. because
1: he, he's not going to be doing that against like – he could be. But when you think about like running hitting a seam, you're not thinking about like man coverage running right past the guy. Sometimes you can hit that there. But you're thinking more about like – you're uh, you know, against the zone, and can he get behind that linebacker fast enough so that Russell Wilson can see, get it over the linebacker, under the safety, hit him in that seam, and maybe he can take off after that? It's more about you know, working that seam, and if you have speed, it makes it a lot easier on the quarterback to not have to wait for you to get to that spot. You just zoom to that spot. So you shouldn't be thinking about him scoring 60-yard touchdowns. Should be thinking how, about him having like 20, 25 yard catches up the season,
3: and that's what I'm saying. That ten to twenty yard spot. So maybe it's not the speed he's got elite acceleration, and that's go. what causes him to to be able to get. I, I'm not, I'm not saying it's a big issue. I'm just saying that the way he's being described right now, I think Broncos fans are a little confused at, at what his role is going to be.
0: At the same time, they're probably going to need him to be that at some point because one thing we've seen from Russell Wilson when he uses tight ends. It's when they're going down the seam vertical, yep. not when they're running those short-to-intermediate short routes.
1: Which would have been great with no fans.
3: You know what was really interesting? I think it was Nathaniel Hackett on the phone call to, to let Greg Dolchers know that they'd just taken him. Uh, he said... Uh, our quarterback has been begging to throw to tight ends. He's been begging to throw to tight ends, and I found that so interesting because Russell Wilson has not ever used a tight end that much. He and did at,
0: Jimmy Graham. I mean, Jimmy Graham had year, double yeah. digit set. Uh, he had double digit touchdowns one year. Another year, he had I think like eight or nine hundred yards. But but, 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 only, but Jimmy Graham was someone who could get downfield vertically. So, But that,
3: that's what I'm saying is I think Russ has come here and said, uh, yeah, I really want to use a tight end. The reason I haven't used tight ends for the majority of my career, eight other years of his 10 years, is because I haven't had the right one, and, and I haven't had that Jimmy Grand type, so go get me that guy. And I think that's probably what the Broncos did with this pick. I don't think it was because just Justin Outen wanted a tight end or because they didn't like Albert o. I think it's because they said – they're having a lot of input from Russ, and that's a smart
1: thing to do. I mean,
0: I think the interesting thing, though, to look back on is uh, if Trey McBride had fallen to 64. Yeah. I think Trey McBride would be a damn Bronco today.
1: I think you would, too, which is, which is yeah. really interesting. Um, because he did, has a different I...
0: skill set than Dulcich. Right. But we would be saying definitely Trey McBride is your week one starter. right? Because he's bigger, and, he, can, and he, he should be able to translate a little bit better immediately as a blocker. And
1: peop- a lot of people had those two guys, you know, one two.
0: Right. I mean, I, but I think there's like this is not one two where they're close. I think there's a gap between one and two. And that's and that's fine. There was ha- there was what you know half a round separate or more than half a round. I think got 25 picks separating McBride and Dulcich. So yeah. you know two thirds of a round basically, basically, yep. and that and I, that I think is fair based on kind of what their levels are and especially what they can do immediately
1: you want to talk about though getting open against lesser competition i do worry about that with trey mcbride just in terms of how what it's going to be like for him going up against guys who are multiple levels above you know the pac 12 might even be two levels you know in terms of like in the second tier of college football in terms of uh
0: I'm not even sure the Pac-10 was one of the five best conferences last year.
1: Well, the there. Pac-10 doesn't exist. Pac-12. But if it were it Pac-12. Yeah, I, I think the think
0: American a- was a better conference in terms of talent last
1: year. I would in the Pac-12. Wow. I I would I wouldn't even fight that. I wouldn't even fight that. I mean, but it's definitely better than, than the. The, the
0: American West. had a much better team in, than anybody in the Pac-12 in Cincinnati for
1: sure, for sure. Yeah, I'm not. I, w- I wouldn't fight it. Um, so that's what I mean. It's it's a whole step for Greg Dulcich. Yeah. It's a whole other step for Trey McBride. It'll be interesting to see just how he how he adjusts I love the fit for Trey McBride. Yeah, I I do too.
3: But <laughs> now looking at Dulcich, what do we expect for his season this year because as you said, Ryan, tight ends typically take a long time in order to transfer over into the nfl typically that first year uh the stats aren't lighting it up it doesn't look like a great year and mace doesn't think he starts potentially all year ryan you think it may be somewhere in the middle i think he starts week one so what what are we guessing for his stats
1: interesting first i want to get a, a week on it from everyone i know you're week one yep. what, what week what week is greg dulcich the te1
0: okay so jacksonville presumably is the October 30th. That's week eight, right? Oh, yeah. Thirty, twenty three, 2. Yeah, that's week I eight. I have no idea what, okay. <laughs> no, what he's I doing. I
1: either. Week
3: 10,
0: <laughs> week 10.
1: Week 10, all right. Starts all right.
0: coming out of the bye. I Because like okay. I'm going to guess. No, we don't know this for sure. I would expect the Broncos will have a bye after London. Yep. They don't always do this anymore, but I think that will be the – I think the Broncos will – Maybe insist on that, and you know what? That's as close to a, that first weekend of November is as close to a perfect buy as you can get,
1: anyway. Yep. um Don't get me started. Especially because Wisconsin, London, home. because I, I, it's like one of my two main thoughts. My main thought right now is going to the Avs game tonight. After that, I'm thinking about London. How about this though? Yeah. The next week, <laughs> yeah. the next weekend, the Avs play in Finland. Yep. I mean the the sports gods are lining up yeah. for wow. a perfect trip. Uh, To Europe. I I looked. It's like a three and a half hour flight. Yeah. Um, So if it lines up with the bye week too. Especially with the bye week. Yeah. We're going to have ourselves.
0: (laughs) Three and a a half hours from London to hell. Well, you're going reasonably far east into Europe and you're going north for the north zone. Yeah.
1: Even I didn't. Then, re- uh, I didn't vlog. realize it
0: was that. It was that long a flight from London to Helsinki.
1: I mean, that was just on one Google search, the top result that I went with. So <laughs> I, I don't even know like what cities well, we are going between. There's but. there's
0: a way to figure this out. Have you ever used the map, the website Great Circle Mapper?
1: Cannot say. I no, have. no I it's have awesome.
0: Not. <laughs> you can figure out the air distance between any two cities on the planet and what the most direct route is. Ah. So like if you, for example, did like New York to uh, to Mumbai. It would have you going like literally over Russia, which I guess you can't do anymore. So you can look right now and say, uh, London to uh, to Helsinki. This this is fat. This is by the way fascinating podcasting. It is. It is. All right. It is drum roll, One thousand one hundred fifty-one miles. Is far. That be a little. Over, that's a little over two hours. Yeah, okay, the, that's not ac- as bad.
3: According to yeah. Google, it's saying or uh, actual flights saying two hours and fifty
1: minutes. Okay, that's. Yeah, I think that's actually what I saw. That's. Last
0: night. That's do look, you've come that Exactly. If That's you've my gone thought. that far, and there will probably, will probably be a lot of people who do this. Yeah. So. Oh yeah. And like, I'm if be you've one come of them. back you know, you 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 saw Shawshank Redemption, right? Yes, of course. If you've come this far, maybe you're willing to go a little farther. Right. If you've come to London, maybe you're willing to go to Scandinavia.
1: And again, like mm-hmm. when are you ever gonna get the chance to do that? To see right. two actually i'll just say it never again in your life will you get a chance to see two denver teams play in europe within a seven-day space
3: especially with our job where you can't take off a week in the middle of a football season mm-hmm. it just yep. lines up perfectly and where it's the one week off
1: right and as we've talked about we would hit london for that whole week do yep. our shows from there and then mm. So we'd be out there for a week. Then you get a whole a whole other week that you can go explore a different part of the world. Yep, And mm-hmm. the
3: official announcement will come tomorrow morning.
1: So stay tuned. I'm like nervous about that. Yeah. I don't like just because I haven't seen a full on 100% confirmation yet. Yep. I'm just like, oh man, if I get this ripped from me and we all get this ripped from us, it's, it's going like to be a very sus- sad day.
0: Everyone suspects it. But the NFL has been so cagey about like kind of probably internally about kind of talking around it. Yeah. Like the NFL,
3: no, but- what because it, it's been leaked yeah. and, and a lot of people are talking about these last 24 hours. What if they just pulled the rug? What if that was the initial plan, but they were pissed that it got out somehow, so they're just pulling it from the Broncos. Yeah, that would <laughs> really suck. <laughs> it would really suck. Uh, and speaking of things that may suck is Greg Dulcich's stat line. People, oh, wow, may, people wow. may not be thrilled about it. I'll but say he
1: starts week seven, by the way.
3: Week 7. Okay. So we all think he does start this week. Uh, this so you think he's mm-hmm. starting London?
1: Yeah, let's go. Yeah, there we go. I feel like he's got a London vibe. There we go. Uh, so what do you think?
3: What, what are his stats going to be?
0: Uh, 35 catches, Whoa. 395 yards, 3 touchdowns.
3: Okay. Interestingly enough, you don't think he's going to start until the latest of all of us. I think he's going to start the earliest and I think it's going to be way more underwhelming than that. Oh, uh, I, I think it's going to be about twenty-five catches, twenty-four catches, one a little over one catch. If a he week. starts yep, for about two hundred and fifty yards, if
0: he starts the whole season and that's his stat line, Something's we're talking about wrong. him being a bust. Yeah, to be about fair,
3: that. no, I, I don't think so Because the ball, someone's not going to eat and, and if it's Greg Dulcich, I think everyone's understanding about He's, that he if, can't it's, complain. if it's Cortland Sutton or Jerry Judy And they're healthy throughout the season Then that's going to be a big issue If those guys are going for five fifty, six hundred 600 <laughs> yards But remember, Noah Fant, his rookie year He started 11 games He had 40 catches for 562 yards That was an incredible season so I'm saying he's going to be just above half of that. And Noah Fant was the tight end on the roster. There's st- Alberto's still going to get production. In fact, I think Alberto matches his production. Uh, so if, when you look at the tight end room, you're saying, okay, they, they were totally uh, productive, fine enough. And then you're going to look at the receivers and say, those guys are the one to eat.
1: I will say there's going to be a lot more balls than there were last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and so those are going to be-, be going to
3: Tim, Cortland, Jerry.
1: Yep, for sure. Every- I think everyone's going to eat more. I'm going to say. Uh, Even
0: Melvin Gordon's going to eat more yep, in the passing game. Yep. Yep. It's going to be Badger to Badger. Low.
1: They're going to be Badgering defenses. Yeah.
0: Low, low key big numbers out of the backfield, I think, for Gordon this year.
1: I'm going to say I got to think about what yards per catch. He gets a lot of those. Yep. So I'm going to say 35 catches, 500 yards. Oh, my mm.
3: goodness. How um, many touchdowns? Uh,. Two. Okay. So you're essentially saying he's going to be really close to what Noah Fant did as a rookie, and Noah Fant had had the best rookie year uh, for a Broncos tight end in their history.
1: Yep. Yep. How many rookies? You are crazy. How many rookies? The only one. How many rookies played with an elite quarterback? Because Julius Thomas wasn't a rookie, right? With Peyton,
0: actually, he was. It, it was not until his third year yeah, that he really got on the field. Um, right. I um, don't know
1: about rookies. I don't mean, know about TJ Hawkinson. Of
0: LA. When he was injured, got Matt Stafford in Detroit. Um, I'm talking about but, just Broncos. So. Oh Bronco, so, so, oh, Bronco so, like rookie tight ends. Yeah, uh, Shannon Sharp was still a receiver, converting a tight end. Right, and he didn't. play. And they didn't he, throw. He, the it ball. took him like three years to really start becoming productive. So I'm just saying this offense. is going to be the
1: best quarterback, mm-hmm. com uh, you know, uh, ratio to drafted tight end, highest drafted tight end. Uh, well, they picked of, Riley Odom's number five The one I think of is Cutler and Scheffler, and I don't know what he did as rookies. What, 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 well, if so we're going to go
0: back, we got to look at Riley Odom's because that's. And if we're talking about rookie tight ends, he was drafted to be very productive because he was, I think, he was number five overall pick. To be wow. fair, totally and his, different era, though. Right. Yes. His, and his quarterback in 1972, most of that year, was Charlie Johnson. Riley Odom's in 72 did not start. 21 catches, 320 yards, one touchdown. It's essentially and that was the a number five overall I'm pick. talking about in yeah. terms
1: of, you know, yards per catch. I do think he can be as productive as Noah Fant just because of the difference in quarterback. Then how in the world is he not starting week one if he's going to be
3: that good?
1: Well, I think starting is just, you know, it's, it's going to be, he's going to be used in a lot of situations and a lot of packages. So I, think, I don't think, while he might not start, I think he's still going to be on the field a lot no matter what.
3: Man, I think you're. I think you're crazy. I think you're setting the bar way too high. You're letting people uh, set up for big time failure with uh, with what he's going to do or 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 not do this year. Because I think uh, he would have more receiving yards in your case than KJ Hamler, right? I mean, yeah, than, I mean, than I've a fourth got receiver. My
1: expectation for KJ Hamler is nothing.
3: So then, what do you have Tim going for? What do you have Cortland going for? What do you have Jerry going for?
1: I think there's two thousand yard receivers. Okay. Um. I'll say Cortland and Jerry. Okay. And I think Tim is like 800. So there we're at 2,800. And then there's, you know, 2,000 extra – or at 1,500 extra yards to go around. So what's Alberto doing? Nothing. Nothing? I mean, you know, what you said. 300
0: yards, basically? Yeah. For
3: Alberto.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
3: And see, I think that's what Alberto has. I think they combined for that.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah, I mean – We'll see. I, I The guy that... Henry was the first how, one to How point. many
0: yards are you getting from the tight end position? I think that's a fair question to ask here. Are you getting are you 600? Are you get, so you're you're getting about roughly 35-40 yards a game from tight end. That's
3: yeah. that's yeah. consistently. Yeah. Yeah. And so the guy that is the, the you are the one that's saying watch out tight ends don't produce a lot. Tight ends don't produce a lot. He's going to he's going to produce a lot.
1: I think he's going to – I mean, 35 catches is nothing. I just think that his his um, his catches are going to be worth a lot. He's going to come in. They're going to find the mismatch. They're going to work it for a big play. He'll mm-hmm. go back out, and Eric Tomlinson can come in, and they'll run the ball again. And that'd be great. If he has those stats, it'd be great. Like, I don't think asking 35 catches is a lot. I'm just putting the yards up high because I think his catches are going to be long catches.
0: Wouldn't it be hilarious if Eric Tomlinson actually leads the tight ends in touchdowns because he catches, like, a bunch of one-yard – touchdowns in goal to go i mean and i could really see that happening
1: he's has he ever had more than one in a season i don't think he only has one he has one for his career
0: career. but when you get a situation (laughs) like this where you don't really have an alpha right now sometimes it's just your it's your short yardage specialist who ends up having a bunch I, i i seem to recall um patrick hape having more touchdowns for this team than you would have expected just because they drop him in and go in goal line. He'd catch like a one yard touchdown pass from Brian Greasy or Jake Plummer back
1: in there. Right. Game. I mean, he's going to be yeah. the lead. No one's going to be focusing on him, especially, right. you know, you get a hard play action going one way and he just leaks out towards the pylon the other way. No, I think mm-hmm. there's going to be more.
3: If he has a touchdown, it's going to be on the ground. He's going to be lined up. Fullback. He's going to be lined up as a fullback that, and a... he's going to, he's going to take a handoff in
0: or, well, didn't make Sean Ryan line up as a fullback and get a touchdown catch mm, yep, yep. from Peyton Manning. I'm saying I, that these things happen.
1: Who's the, who would be the most electric player on the team to get a touchdown? Like just the most random, but awesome. I mean, it's gotta be a big
3: guy, right? DJ
1: Jones. Sure. <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. Uh, Garrett
3: Bowles. Doesn't I have always a thought Alexander Johnson
1: right? should have got a chance to, to come in as a fullback. Mm,
3: hmm. Just kind of that, that, mentality that he brings right <laughs>
1: we would have had crazy so, big and so strong dude. his legs are so massive that mm-hmm. i just felt like give him the ball and let him churn yeah dj jones would be a fun one yeah they had uh dome with lined up a couple times they did mm-hmm. and paxton lynch threw a pick <laughs> on the goal <laughs> should have just uh, handed it off to him. that was brutal it was very brutal all right i want to give a shout out this is a great conversation i want to give a shout out to green mountain dental group uh locally owned right outside of the downtown, and they're the best damn family-owned dentist group in the metro area. Heck, I don't, I don't know this for sure, but you could see them down here watching the Avs game tonight at the mm-hmm. NVR bar. They're big Colorado sports fans, big Avs fans especially. whole family's got jerseys on when they come through. Um, so shout out to them. They take care of you. They'll do a great job. And when you sign up for a cleaning x-ray and exam over there, they'll hook you up with a free Sonicare toothbrush. So hit up our friends over at Green Mountain Dental Group.
3: And what, so, so I got to get your prediction. Who was the week one starter? Eric Tomlinson Eric Tomlinson Mace Tomlinson gets the first snap Tomlinson how about that and, and I'll go with Dolchitz there
1: I'm thinking I, there might be two tight ends on the field on the first play um, for a big wide zone play action fake Cortland Sutton one-on-one down the sideline jump ball there we go mm. I
3: love it you know Russ would like to start that way Yep. yep.
1: <laughs> Get everyone. just don't
0: start with a tight end end around or do?
3: Just I don't know. You have elite speed with Dulcich, so you might as well double
1: tight end double reverse. Oh wow!
3: Do you start off with the slow guy? Hand it to Tomlinson?
1: No, are you are line up Albert with Alberto okay. Dulcich, and yeah. you you hand it to Dulcich, but he flips it to Alberto. Man, that, and then they throw the ball.
2: So the first <laughs> then he pass, flips it back the to First Russ. pass
3: in the Russell Wilson era isn't even from Russ. I like it. Man, that'd be something. It would not work. I could see, <laughs> man. I could see Hackett doing something like that.
1: The Broncos might actually be able to make trick plays work now cuz they'll be good. They'll be able to do them right, too. I
3: mean, you got to start off by doing them in order to make them work. Well, I mean, you
1: also have to be able to set up the defense by making them right. do something they don't want to do.
3: That's
0: I mean, why was for for decades the best trick play team in the league was Pittsburgh even though they were a ground-based team? But that's where it comes into setting up the defense. Mm-hmm. You know, back when like Neil O'Donnell or or when Cor- or Cordell Stewart was the quarterback, they weren't especially good passers. But they step, they they force you to think. Okay, we gotta stop their run, and that opens so much up. And I mean, that's why like Bill Cower Bill Cower loved the trick play. Yeah, with a with a, a fundamental ground based offense.
1: One hundred percent. You set something yeah. up, then you flip it. Also, right. just last thing I wanted to say on Greg Dulcich, I also think they're only gonna put him in situations that they believe he can win to start. So again, they look out at the you know the defense that they're being approached by. I keep thinking I know who the week one opponent is. And maybe this is my brain telling. I'm having a premonition. Seahawks. Okay. That's just my. Uh, that's what I. I keep imagining the Seahawks. So Broncos
3: starting on the road.
1: Yes. Okay. At the Seahawks. In a middle look, of the on a 2 p.m. The, game. This is not a prediction. It's a premonition. There's okay. Two okay, different things. Okay. Um, but I keep seeing that whenever I think about Week One, I don't know why. Um. Anyways, when they look out there and they're like, "Okay, look, you know, they're coming out there with these linebackers. We think we can get. We can." You know, line up Greg, have him split out, get a one-on-one. I think they'll do that a lot early. Just find him matchups they like and go have him exploit them.
3: Yeah, and, and that, that's, I think, what he can do is find those areas and where they're not 30 yards downfield. It's 15 yards downfield where he finds the opening. Yep. Uh, and, and really quick, when it comes to first plays, how about a Jerry-Judy jet sweep and they actually hand the ball off to him? Wouldn't that just be mm, a nice little tip of the cap to Ballard? Turning of the page. <laughs> yeah, it
1: would be. <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. All right. Oh, by the way, the real quick,
0: just want to jump in because this this is sort of tangential with the Broncos. Did you guys see what Ryan Tannehill said about mentoring?
1: Oh, God. Is it Flacco esque?
0: Quote, I don't think it's my job to mentor him, nice. but if he learns from me along the way, that's a great thing. That's like nice. word for word. Yeah Joe, <laughs> yeah, Joe Flacco's was comment was, I'm not worried about developing guys or any of that. That's what it is. that is what it is. I hope he, referring to Rich Gangarello, does it well. I don't look at that as my job. My job is to go win football games for this football team. And how world. did that work out Failed for at Joe? His job. Yeah, he went two. In, they the Broncos went two and six in Joe Flacco's eighth starts.
1: And now there he is a mentor. That's his. <laughs> yeah. That's his job title. He
0: realized there's a good paycheck in it if you just keep your mouth shut
1: and be there for a young starter. Where, where else is Joe Flacco going to make $3 million a year? Is he, your, like, in terms of just the whole package, is he your least favorite of the, of the clown car QBs the Broncos have trotted out over the last six years? Yes,
0: because clearly he did not want to be in Denver, Colorado. He didn't say it overtly, but you got that sense every time he was up there uh that he he was an east coast guy he didn't want to venture this far west he seems mu- even though he's a backup he seems much happier in new york in with the new york jets seem was he briefly in philadelphia right yep. Seemed much happier in those places than he did in denver yeah
1: that's actually exactly what i was going to say rubbed me the wrong way i didn't feel like he liked it here i'm just like i don't understand how that's possible
0: he's a yeah. 995 corridor guy I get yeah. what you guys so, yeah.
1: are saying, but no,
3: come on, guys. Paxton, you talk about clown uh, Does cars he even really that, count? Yes, he was the first. He started it all. He started he got what, the Broncos one, two more
1: games than Kendall Hinton.
3: Yeah, exactly, <laughs> and that's exactly why. And I mean, you that's, talk about not wanting. Wait, it. he had, I mean, yeah, he yeah. didn't. He didn't want to be in the NFL. He didn't Kendall want to work for the NFL.
1: I will. Yeah, but at least he wasn't like an ass Joe, about it. Joe put more work into it. So for I, sure, I can. I just mean Respect in terms of personality, that. the way they dealt with the media. Like, Paxton was always pretty good with us, I thought. Drew was the best. Teddy was really good. Mm-hmm. Teddy, you know, arguably could be the favorite yep. just because, he, you know, he didn't play overtly horrible.
3: And, um, and he was literally the best quarterback they've had since.
1: Statistically, he was good. Since Peyton I, in 2014. He was a good leader. Um, I, I would put Drew Owned up, up there in mistakes. terms of, like, just he was fun to cover.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Te- Teddy o- Teddy owned up to Trevor, his yeah, like, yeah. like Joe Flacco I don't think realized his shortcomings I think Teddy Teddy understood his shortcomings probably too well
1: Trevor's got to be mm. up there too just because he was really nice and it was kind of like a yeah. I don't. This seems degrading, but like a cute story. Wow, that's so <laughs> degrading. You know that
3: lumpy out on his shoulder wasn't very cute, but he it battled through that.
1: His, th- his second head. <laughs> yeah.
3: And
0: then where does Case Keenum check in on this?
3: Oh, see,
1: he's he's
3: competing. So with, forgettable. He's competing with Joe. I mean, especially when we learn was it uh, uh, was it from uh, Devontae Booker that uh, Case he didn't, didn't, didn't say hi say to people, hi to people mm-hmm. in the halls when he walked by. I mean, mm. that, is, that is pretty darn bad. He's
1: too busy pushing his book. <laughs> it's very mm-hmm. true. <laughs> How do you write a life story before a story's over? Tim Tebow did. I think did. his story ended Dude, It was
3: over, In yeah. hindsight, it, it was perfect time to write. Strike it. all the iron's the, hot. Yeah. The
0: climax of the Case Keenum biopic is him get, is him signing the
1: contract. That's the, the end.
0: That's the end. Because yeah. the because you don't want it to be the press conference happy ending. because John Elway didn't even pronounce his last name correctly. Right. And Case Keesum.
1: Got mad at me yeah. for calling her a character. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yikes. Yeah. Yikes for sure.
3: Yikes to all of that era. That, I, th- I think people over.
0: probably turned off the podcast now. No, when we dove into that, stuff. because <laughs> it, it, if
3: the Broncos were still going Drew and Teddy, this would just be too dark. We we couldn't be talking about this, right. joking about mm-hmm. this. But now that we're on the other side, it's okay to take a step back and laugh at the past. Oh, although I think in so the Drew, still,
0: yeah. if they'd gone for the Drew Teddy reality, I think Malik Willis would have been a Bronco right now. That could have been fun Not in as round as two, this, but in round two,
1: yep. Okay, we yeah. can move. Heck we can round. move on. Though Heck I don't even bad. remember those era. Um, let's get to the questions. Do we have any super chats? We need to hit Kale. Nope. No super chats. Let's jump right in to the comments on the website first one coming in from c Fillmore
3: 72 and you know where he's coming from he says gentlemen greetings from the west of england i am loving the leaking news that Ooh. the broncos are heading to london makes me nervous. i'm not wanting to count chickens there but go. there's no smoke without fire so he doesn't want to count chickens but he's counting the chickens look forward to meeting all of you and the uk best D- based dnvr fam come october 30th bring those breck brews with you christopher
1: that's allowed, right? You can bring you can put beers in your suitcase? Um, I have
3: transported alcohol from over from Europe to the United States. I haven't done it the other way. I've definitely put bottles in there. I just worry yeah, about yeah, the carbonation. Yeah. Um, I guess yeah, I haven't No, I have No, I think it was a carry-on, so I don't know.
0: I think the way to do this is, you know, to have this needs to go up kind of to to Breckenridge Brewery to say, "Okay, can we find a way to get some beers over there?"
1: That's true. You can't sell them like direct overseas, right? But maybe they could just ship them to the bar that we're going. you well, think crates it, of, of yeah. Breck Brews. I mean,
0: I don't. I just don't know what the corporate structure is regarding. You know, I mean, obviously Anheuser Busch has plenty of beer sales in England, right? But I don't know what they I I don't think they distribute Breck and Rick's Brew Brews no, over there they right don't. now. But because they because they already are in the market, can they kind of get a desp- dispensation to uh, get Breckbrews over there for that? We can only ask and find out. <laughs> the worst that can happen is they say no, yep. but I think
1: there's a way to make it happen is what I'm saying. Everyone needs a strawberry without, sky. Before yeah, I think there's a way to make this happen on.
0: without you guys having to smuggle beers in your suitcase.
1: Has there ever been a strawberry sky in London? We'll be the first one. Like ones, in, li- in literal terms? <laughs> Probably
0: like uh, <laughs> during the golden hour at uh, Wimbledon. All right. In the summertime. Yeah.
1: Uh, From LDJ, man. Strawberries and cream,
0: strawberry sky, right?
1: Exactly. Uh, Hey, guys, haven't chimed in in a while, but I listen every single day. Thank you for that. And you guys said something that hurt my heart. RK said he'd rather have Stefan Diggs over Cortland and Tim... And the same for Tyreek. And I'm wondering, how did we get to this point? And you guys wanted Debo. That made no sense to me. I didn't want Debo. I watched, <laughs> I watched a lot of these wide receivers, and I'm scratching my head as how Drake London was the first wide receiver taken. So question. Do you think you saw more freakish stuff in Drake London's film than Cortland Sutton's insane above-the-rim catches? I, Wait, I feel I'm like confused. we're moving the goalposts Yeah, a lot yeah, and-
3: yeah. You totally just changed it. We never said we'd rather have Drake London than Cortland Sutton. Nope. We, we've never said. And Tyreek Hill is not Drake London. Drake London is not Debo. Drake London is not Stephon Diggs. Nope. Um, I stand by what I said, what we said, because I, I also agreed with you there about wanting those elite wide receivers over the two of the Broncos have, but I wouldn't rather have Drake London than Cortland.
1: Very, very interesting, <laughs> LDJ. You're moving the you're moving the goalposts on us. He says, I don't know. My question to you all is, do you think the rookie 2018 Cortland tearing up training camp and abusing Bradley Roby in the huge breakout 2019 Cortland that Cortland, I mean, still wearing number 14. Do you think the current Cortland may not be the same after the ACL? <laughs> is a totally different question. To be fair, there were some games uh, Court was dropping some pivotal, pivotal catches and TDs, and that was tough to watch. So I guess all that to ask, is Cortland going to be the same this year as he was in 2019?
3: I mean, he has a chance to be even better than that, yeah. uh, especially now that he has a real quarterback, and we're going to find out who the true Cortland Sutton is this year, because last year he had the legitimate reasoning, I don't want to call it an excuse, of coming back from the ACL. That was his first year. Now he's fully healthy. He's had Russ for this entire offseason. It's not like Russ is coming in as a rookie. No, they've already had about a month and a half where they've been working together. Uh, And so this is Cortland's year to break out and prove that he's actually worth $25 million, and the Broncos got a fantastic deal. Instead of, us saying, okay, he's about a thousand yard receiver, and that's about fifteen million dollars worth.
1: Yeah, can you imagine Stephon Diggs or Tyreek Hill with Russ? Man, Tyreek just going deep. Obviously, we would never want no. him as a Bronco. I mean, look but at what Diggs has done with like Kirk Madden Cousins, terms.
0: right? Russ is better than Kirk Cousins. Oh yeah, yeah by a doubt. mile. Yeah, so, and so we've seen, you know, we've seen Diggs with Cousins, we've seen Diggs with with Josh J. Allen. J. I mean, it's what
3: were his stats with uh, Jay? Yeah crazy and that's why he got the massive contract
1: yeah I
2: think
3: yeah.
1: he led the NFL last year in receiving yards. It
3: was I don't think so. Two years ago, he had 127 catches,
1: which is insane, mm-hmm. Maybe it was for catches
3: 1,500 yards. Then last year, he had 103 catches okay. for
1: 1,200 yards. Okay, yeah, I don't think he led, but maybe like over the last two years or for, something. I could see mm-hmm. that with
3: seven with 2,700 yards yeah. or in yeah
1: 2,750. Yeah, it's insane. He, almost 1400 1,27 yards. catches is almost. Unfathomable. That is crazy. Did and with Broncos receivers have 127 catches last year. That's really good point,
3: man. He wasn't. I mean, he was a really good receiver with Kirk Cousins, but he wasn't as dominant as I thought. His two best years, the two most recent with Kirk Cousins, 102 catches for 1,000 yards, and then 63 catches for 1,100 yards. That's an insane 17.9 yards per catch.
1: That is insane. in the
3: NFL. That's nuts.
1: Dan Burke chimes in and says, "Hey guys, so some some in Denver have mentioned how the presence of Jonah Jonas Griffith is a large reason why they felt comfortable in not prioritizing inside linebacker in this draft. So I want to know what you thought about him as a player and what his prospects could be moving forward. One, I don't think that affected it. I agree. Um, I think, I believe George Payton when he says the, the board just didn't fall that way. I also have said it forever that I don't think the Broncos value the position. Um, but this is a new regime, so I gave them, you know, the benefit of the doubt that maybe they would, not even that they need to, but just maybe that things would be different. It's not um and i think jonas griffith is a nice prospect you know it's it's so easy to forget some of these really forgettable games when the broncos are just losing and scoring like 17 points or something um but i do remember sending out multiple tweets about jonas griffith in the later stretch of the season being like i think the broncos might have something here um so he's an exciting prospect i would say is what he still is um but he's like all the measurables if he was if you just like put his stats, like his uh, specs, on a piece of paper and then put him into this draft, we would have said, like, we like this guy. You should take him.
3: And I think with Jonas Griffith, uh, he's still very cheap and and, and young, so he can, he still has a lot of way to develop. And they also really like what he brings on special teams. So if he doesn't show that development, he's still a really good piece. And it is just crazy that you still have Alexander Johnson and Kenny Young still out there as free agents right now. So the, I mean, the Broncos, if things don't work out, they could turn to one of those guys and bring him back in training camp for a really low value deal. Uh, and that just like like you said, not only do they not value the position. They've talked about dime a lot. They're going to have Caden Stearns yeah. on the field a lot. They can use Baron Browning in that inside linebacker role as well. I
0: mean, I'd say you probably see more of Stearns than Jonas Griffith. the The inside yeah, linebacker sure. who's going to be on the field every down is going to be Josie Josie.
1: Mm-hmm. You just hope he stays healthy, huh? If he on that. yeah,
0: if he does, he's fu- he's fine. I mean, they they do need somebody to be the quarterback of the defense. And that's that's Josie's biggest skill.
3: Exactly. Next one coming in from Bronco Oilers says, "Hey guys, gotta say it's been pretty surreal to come out of the draft with zero quarterback drama in Broncos country, but I couldn't be happier about that. This draft has really got me intrigued by the evolution of our defense and the hyper flexibility at all three levels. I'm excited the, by, by the idea of a little more smoke and mirrors in our personnel groupings and alignments, and with the collection of quarterbacks in our division, it'll be important to keep them uncomfortable men- mentally and in their reads. But at the same time, I'm a little little nervous about laying on." On too much complexity with a first-year defensive coordinator do you guys have any concerns about things potentially getting a little too cute defensively with so many unknowns cheers go broncos and let's go oilers
1: oh and one um, <laughs> okay here's how i think about this who is on this defense josie jewel mm-hmm. you definitely trust him to soak up a new a new scheme Justin Simmons, you definitely trust him to soak. And I'm just gonna keep going here: Kareem Jackson, Pat Sertan, Ronald Darby. Um, you know, you look on the edge: Bradley Chubb, Randy Gregory. These guys. This is a very veteran defense. Now, of course, Nick Benito's gonna come in there, and that's gonna, you know, Baron Browning. You want to make sure that mm-hmm. he has a grasp of things. Caden Stearns. Those guys are gonna play. Sort of situational guys. Yes, but on mm-hmm. the whole, this defense is experienced. DJ Jones. You know, you go around this thing in. You just say like and, – and even Pat Sertan, we would learned about him last year. He picked up everything in like a week. So, I'm not worried about it. Um, now, you don't want to overdo it. Start with the basics and build up to it. And I think by week 17, you're going to be calling a totally different defense than you were calling week one uh, in terms of the, the flexibility you have and the understanding that you trust those guys. But every single player on this – not every. On the whole, most of the players on this defense – are guys that should be able to pick things up. They've switched schemes before. They can do it easily.
3: And one thing that you always see happen is there's a lot more complexity in training camp. They're doing a lot crazier things in the preseason, and then they really dial it back once once the regular season comes around. So I do think year one, it's not going to be the full defense uh, that we could see in years two and three. And Ryan, I, I, I think one of the scenarios that he's referring to, as I pointed out this scenario in an obvious pass rush situation, you have DJ Jones in the middle, Draymond Jones as a defensive end. Then you put Bradley Chubb, Chubb down as a defensive end, Nick Benito as an outside linebacker, Randy Gregory as an outside linebacker, and then Baron Browning as an inside linebacker. And then he can cover or he can blitz as well. And with something like that, you have like 10 plays in that. So you're not, it's not actually overly complicated. You you learn this very easy, pick it up. And when you put that package out, the the guys aren't thinking about 150 different plays.
1: Right. Uh, Man, I love the idea of lining Benito and Chubb up on the same side or, Benito and uh Randy Gregory on the same yeah. side mm. twisting those guys you there's so much you could do and there's a lot of athleticism there to make things really difficult that's something we better see That sounds fun now that they have so many outside it sounds really fun it does especially with Chubb you know being on the bigger side where you can because you were, yeah. we're talking about third and ten here right you know so you're not mm. worried about them running you know inside zone to that side yep um you're you're just getting after it mm-hmm. trying to confuse those offensive linemen and the way that offensive linemen are getting outmatched by edge rushers right now, is like an, it's unfair. Right. Um, we're, we need more elite athletes to want to be offensive linemen um, <laughs> because elite athletes are becoming edge rushers. I forget who we were talking about the other day, but it was like they were, maybe it was Benito. They were like, why, did, why was he not a tight end or something like that? I mean, way more money is that edge rusher. Every, right. All these athletic freaks who are coming you know, to high school teams are being are, they're probably playing on offense too but they're being told you got to learn to rush the passer that's where all the money is
3: Yep, exactly exactly and next one and last one coming in from pastor Rhett says hey guys i'm feeling very grateful as of late and want to hear some positivity on the pod uh so what attributes do you most admire about your co-hosts here on the dnvr broncos podcast much love from new hampshire
1: pastor rett well, Mace is easy. I admire his memory and recollection of things. I mean, um, the,
3: literally, the encyclopedia. Yeah,
1: yeah. exactly. Um, and Zach is easy for me, too. I admire his organization. Mm, thank key. you. Posi-
0: positivity. I, I, both of you guys, I admire your positivity. <laughs> I like that. I'm a, little, I'm, I'm a little more of a realist, and <laughs> uh, I've kind of accepted this is who and what I am. <laughs> but it doesn't mean I don't admire the optimism. Fair enough.
3: And I, I, love the, I love the positivity that, that, that you bring. And I think, it, I think it all mashes well.
1: I think it does, too. I think it does, too. That's why we work. Um, that's a great question to end the day on. Yeah, I mm. love it. Speaking of positivity, I'm yeah, feeling very positive. Yes. Uh, so that is going to wrap it up for us today. This has been fun. Uh, I love the conversation about Greg Dulcich, and I'm really excited to find out how it plays out. Um, Because we had three very different answers Mm -hmm. and three very different expectations. So uh, we'll see what happens hopefully soon. I know we have rookie minicamp coming up right around the corner, so that's fun. Um, But stay tuned with us here. Of course, we'll be back with you tomorrow and every weekday after that. Uh, Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you tomorrow on the BNBR
2: Broncos market. I know some landmarks we used to hit We're flying cotton